Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. In this episode, we'll talk about this final projects where students create their own businesses and will face huge academic challenges in the process. Final projects. We're off and running already today. (laughs) We sure are. So this is really interesting. So they, you know, they finished, they did their presentations on Tuesday for their last business challenge. And now, uh, starting today, they came in with problems they want to solve, pitch them to each other, vote, four or five top vote getters, form teams, and they're going to create businesses uh, to solve the problems they've chosen. And they've got five weeks to do it. And then at the end, they'll present to investors. This part of the class feels, looks, I should say, to most people, the most recognizable. This is- In terms of an entrepreneurship class. Exactly. When people, for example, think of a Lean Launchpad class, like they do at a, you know, in university, Steve Blank's curriculum, like they do, you know, in graduate schools, NSF. Um, this is the, this is the most full-on Lean Launchpad uh, part of the class, but. It's for high school and it's quite different in a number of ways from what you'll see elsewhere. And I want to start, um, you know, as you look a level deeper at what this is. If you took a bunch of high school kids and you gave them a class, if this were the class, the entrepreneurship class started today. They pick problems they want to solve. They form teams. You lead them through a process to design a business. Everything is completely new, but also generated from wherever that teenager is coming out of their high school class and into an entrepreneurship course. They, uh, it's entirely different what they choose to work on, how they work on it, the level of depth they get to, and as a result, the kind of learning of skills that we can build into this because before today, they learned so much by working on the business challenges of others earlier in the class, all that foundational stuff that we've had them go through means that when they start this, they're at a very sophisticated place as compared to where they would be or where they were the first day of class. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it's a really great point you're making and it's something I recognize even before I joined the team here when I had first come to see the work you were doing and stopped in for some presentations the semester before to watch those final presentations and recognize the level of depth they went to was far more sophisticated than a lot of work I had seen at 
the graduate and undergraduate level. I and, was pretty, and investors tell us when they're having, not even in school, when they're having uh, entrepreneurs pitch startup ideas for investment, um, it, it, semester after semester, these investors, and they're really, really incredible people, successful people say, whoa, those, you know, those were better than what I see out in the actual right. community. Yeah. And it's not magic. Okay. It <laughs> it's not that these students are particularly, magic. yeah. Right. Oh. What happens is it, it happened. The secret sauce, if you want to look at uh, sort of what the projects are that we have them do in the class, from that perspective, the secret sauce is the learning they do in the first part of the class when they work on one after another after another real startup problems from real businesses and they have to learn a heck of a lot during those. Well, and it's, it is. I think the way that you've structured this model, that sequencing of learning, I know you call it the learning terrain, is very thoughtfully designed ahead yeah. of the course where in Biz 1 we recognize the specific uh, challenge they're going to be working on, what industry the entrepreneur is in, what stage of operation they're at, who the entrepreneur is and their background experience, their motivations, which look dramatically different than biz two. And they dive into that and have to go to a deeper level, which has a lot more complexity, generally is how we structure that. Right. Into biz three, if there's time in a semester for a third biz, then you can go even deeper and more broad. It's uh, really impressive to watch you in that space designing that learning terrain because it is the foundation for the depth of their learning, but as well for all those methodologies you talk about, whether it's customer development, design thinking, the creative problem solving process, where they come into this, and although I'm sure we'll see them still lean towards solutions early on, right. they recognize the importance of uh, having to validate and go out there and, and understand a problem before they can even begin to solve it. Well, exactly. And even the language that um, we were using today, uh, that let alone the concepts, they, here it is day one, they barely started, they pitched problems to each other. And by the way, those problems they pitched still are at a teenager level. Absolutely. Okay, so they came in with, with pit, pitching things that weren't so interesting, actually, if you want to know the truth. But what we know with confidence is it doesn't really matter what they pitched. Because, because as they, it's, it's really the learning that's going to happen. And as they go get into it, if uh, the problem they pitched uh, actually isn't that big a problem uh, or it has already been solved in some very way. beautifully solved they're going to very very quickly by doing real research and asking the right questions they're going to get there very quickly and, and have to, to pivot and they'll have to pivot um, but it's it's um, so they already understand today at the very beginning of this the importance of validating the problem and what that looks like and how, what that means, why that matters most first, why if you let your inclination to want to come up with a solution uh, drive you, you're going to never end up with a successful um, solution. We can talk about um, even the way 
uh, in like literally probably two minutes, um, I talked about where does, where does design thinking come in and human-based design and the whole discussion of the combination of desirability, viability, and feasibility and what those are and how they interact with each other. And um, I didn't have to tell them. I said, I, I put the thing up there, desirability, feasibility, viability, endless loop, validating these three, iterating as you have it, why does this matter? The, the, un, the no, they, they got it, they answered it. Because they've had some exposure to that through their Peaceful Fruits journey for their biz one and then into Endemic Solutions. They had to right. think through that. It wasn't explicit. It wasn't like we sat them down and said, okay, today we're going to talk about the desirability of Peaceful Fruits. Okay, right. today we're talking about the feasibility right. of Endemic Solutions. It's right. very real. It's messy. It's nonlinear, but it's applied. Everything continues right. to be applied in real startup settings where they can now... Uh, have internalized it to a place where they can just use it for right. what they're doing. Now. Exactly. Think about think about what it means when I mean, I'm just thinking about the many many different things that came up today. That where literally what I did is ask them and they they got it. They answered it. Think about what it means that you're standing in a high with a high school group, and you say, by the way, in a week you're going to be sharing out, and you better have your value hypothesis and that means you better have defined target market with the problem or need and um, here's how that looks here are the variables how do you validate and instantly uh, and I say when you know is there a place for surveying is there a place for interviewing and mm -hmm. instantly I think it was Hannah says well yeah there's they're different it depends what you're look, what 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 you're trying to validate and what you're trying to find out. Uh, it's the difference between qualitative and quantitative research, and literally not only uses those terms, but others chime in about when you might interview versus when you might survey, when you go online and go deep, and when you don't. And when we throw out there in a week. You're going to be sharing out, and there are going to be seven of us in the room, not just not just the instructors you're used to, but we've got mentors for you on this one. They're all very experienced. They're all very opinionated. <laughs> you're about to get seven adults when you share out. Here's what we've got so far, and here's where we're going. You're going to have seven adults telling you no, 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 or yes, 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 and it's all going to be conflicting all over the place. And what are you going to do with that? And they said, we're going to have to process. We're going to have to figure out on our own. And I said, that's right. Because no matter how experienced and smart and um, opinionated all of, uh, you know, we adults are, <laughs> uh, if, if you could Google what's the right answer to solving this business, you wouldn't need any of us. And you can't. It's right. your business. Because they're doing the research. They're, and the, the big message with all of this is that by now they have really connected with what it means to design process well, what it means to, to be generative as a team, even the way they started each team when they formed how they decided that and then when they started how they dove in, very interesting how much they've learned about 
meeting a diverse team with different skills. Yes. And what and how you tap those and how they right away organize themselves to do the hard work. Walking in the door to this course for the first three, four weeks, they were shell shocked. We, we don't, you're not telling us what to do next. I don't know what to do next unless you tell me. Now they get that the hardest, most challenging, most interesting part of this is designing the process. They are gonna design the process. They are going to decide what to do next. And that's really interesting. I was pretty impressed with the one team that immediately jumped in. I mean, they were so fired up over the problem itself. It yeah. really resonated with that yep. specific team that, which the, the problem was around uh, concussions yep. and creating some kind of Band, headband, head, headband yeah. to uh, uh -oh, address We just that. gave away the, somebody's <laughs> going to steal that idea. We better be careful here. <laughs> But that that team immediately jumped in yeah. and started delegating work in a way that, you know, at the beginning of the class, like you're saying, they would have never yeah. known where to begin. And if you think about, as you were mentioning earlier, a number of other uh, classrooms that start with this model right. at the beginning of their course, the work itself is so foreign that the students have to rely a lot on the instructor to explain all of the elements of the business, you know, let alone a business model canvas and thinking through, okay, what, what are we talking about when we're looking at channels? What does that mean when we're looking at the customer segment and therefore the value prop? Right. And it, it's just a, a totally different way that they move through the learning that I really appreciate watching in this moment right now. Well, it's really exciting. In the next five weeks, they are, every one of them, going to learn a crazy amount. They're also, every individual student is going to gain deep, deep knowledge about certain things. I can't tell you now what those things will be. I can't, I can tell you that some of them are gonna learn, come out of it learning a lot more about statistics than they can even imagine. <laughs> They're gonna learn about modeling. They're gonna learn about a whole bunch of things. They're gonna become much more sophisticated when it comes with, to knowing how to use data well mm -hmm. to drive decisions. But some of them are gonna learn about fields and about science and about uh, things. Th literally, I can't even predict what they're gonna. Especially because I think we're anticipating a couple pivots. There's no way well, we can sure, predict. Sure, sure, absolutely. But Thanks. they're they're going to learn at crazy amount, and they're also going to in the next five weeks they're going to hone these new skills that they've developed to a really, really great degree. The, the whole how you problem solve when it's really complicated and it's wide open. You can go about it, who knows how. How they do, how they conduct as a team research. Instead of just sort of researching endlessly like they did on the first one and then raising their hand and saying, okay, we don't know what to do with what we found. Right. Look at how they started today. Yeah. Every single team immediately came up with, I think, here are the questions we have, and let's divvy up the research over the weekend. The way they 
mobilized from day one is what you would see in a pretty high functioning organization when you go in and you go to a team that's been solving some of the tough problems for that business or organization or whatever it is, these guys are, they're ready to do a good job with this. What I love so much about, again, how you've designed this in a sequential manner is that they get practice at, at this process over and over. The fact that they can come into this and now feel confident, now recognize, oh, I do have a sense of what to do to move through this messy process. I know how to take on a lot of ambiguity, how to use the team I have in front of me and leverage each other's strengths and skills so that we can make some progress. We don't know where we're gonna go, but the fact that they can enter this stage with a bit more confidence right. is only because they, they went through a couple stuff. failures, if we can say, you know, where they had to recognize that learning along the way because it wasn't obvious up front. Right. The first ones are really tough, but they build and they're the, we, we pretty much contain the, the problem. It's a real one of some other business that's existing. Um, it, there's a ton to do and a ton of learning, but it's not this wide open, pick whatever you want. They really have to learn about water filtration and water purification, and they have to learn about developing countries and their contaminated water-related issues versus those in the developed world. It's, they don't get to go wherever they want to go, and they have to learn it, and they're, they're, some go deeper than others, and they know it. But what you just said, here's what's so important about that. So they, when they get to a place in this class, where they've done enough of that, that as you said, they have this confidence now, okay, I can do this. I have a lot to bring to the table and whatever, the, whatever I throw at myself, I know I can do something really great. They are doing it on businesses and problems of their own choosing, which is wildly exciting to them. But they don't get to do that until they've learned a lot. And starting with that now, means that this confidence that you're talking about, as they go crazy over the next five weeks, developing their business models, they, they, when I use the word empowerment, that really honestly is what this kind of learning 100%. is. is it, that's what it's all about. It's about empowerment because they're already, they're already feeling it and over the next five weeks, they're going to really experience their ability to learn, their individual ability to contribute, to contribute uniquely, to have, um, to go deep into things they care about, to learn things because they want to and need to, uh, and not because of some test. And they, they also experienced already and they're big time going to experience as they move ahead that no jargon in any industry science anything will uh what's the word for it they don't get intimidated now they know that i can i can look into i can figure it out i've done that already i, I think it is at the crux of 
what I believe about experiential learning. And I mean, I know this term is thrown around a lot, but the, the truth of it is we learn through experience. We learn by doing. The fact that these students time and time again now have experienced this process, experienced what it feels like to be out of their depth, to not yeah. go as deep as they should have, to maybe not use their team in the best way, and then to couple it with the level of reflection that I know is so core to your methodologies, that that really reinforces their uh, overall understanding of how to move through this. And because of those experiences, I mean, I, I do, I think experiential learning is what empowers people, whether it's a student or an adult. I mean, a lot of the work I had done in the past before joining the team here saw that to be the case as well. When any person can identify a problem and feel confident moving through the process, with the tools they need and the experiences in their background to help them create a solution that can impact some people around them, that's super powerful. What um, it is, what the reason that, uh, the reason that I personally am doing this inside a school and have been for 21 years starting with math, you know, high school math and et cetera, is because this is the most powerful learning, but for us to really change school and, and so that it serves kids, so that they are prepared for the world they're going out into, this has to be done in a completely different way. And experiential learning uh, what I get worried about, and we're guilty of it, we use edgy jargon all the time, we use these terms, people define these things differently. What, what's happening here is that this is a really very structured curriculum and approach, and whether it's an entrepreneurship class or a science class or whatever it is, um, it, there is, there are methods and instructional practices and, and, and principles of, of teaching and rigor, I'll call it, that are massively important as part of this. Um, and and that what, what they are, and I, I hear what you're saying, what you're getting at is that it's baked into the course overall that these experiences they're going through, I mean, this is why I resent people who use the word experiential learning and aren't doing things that are based in real, well, I guess that's arguable, real experiences. You know, if you're just going on some trip where you're, you know, out, out in the wilderness or you're down in another country, yeah, that's an experience to some level, but if there isn't the level of uh, structure around what's happening, where you're reflecting, you're applying what you're learning, you're moving through that time after time, I mean, that's ultimately what these experiences drive well, forward Yeah, to. I guess the way I think about it is, we can talk about the fact that people learn by doing, and it's absolutely true, and we can talk about experiential learning, and there's Absolutely, there's no question that there are all kinds of experiences as humans that we have that we learn a tremendous amount from. I've learned more 
from some of my travel experiences mm -hmm. that were not part of a class or a curriculum or anything than I've learned from anything else in my life. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. Or experience, whatever those are. But when you're talking about school, how are we doing school? What we have here is not to be confused with a fun startup weekend or a uh, throw a project, even a real one, in the room, let, let the students work on it for a couple weeks, come back, have them present, and wasn't that cool. Not that they don't learn from all those things they do, but this is literally about creating a completely different model of how you do how you teach a course an academic course so that learning happens in an in in a inside a school and so this last part what's interesting about the last part of this class is they get to choose that's unusual they get to choose what they're working on but actually the expectations and the requirements are more defined for this than anything they've done so far. That's true. It'll be interesting. I'm excited about these next yeah. few weeks coming up. There's a lot they're, they're going to learn, and I'm excited we'll see. to see. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. If you like the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. For more information and resources, go to doschoolbetter.com. Podcasts created by Tim Desmond, Doris Corda, and Allison Tanker. Produced by Tim Desmond.